The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. There was a rabbi who was approached by a, a man in Israel. And the man says, Rabbi, I know that you're a, a very powerful speaker. You speak to a lot of young people, especially, his name was Rabbi David Braverman. And he says, maybe you could speak to my son. Maybe could you do something? He says, what do you mean? Well, tell me what, uh, what's, he says, the guy, he was the top of his class. He's a tremendous student. He learned so much that by the time he was 22, he'd already finished the whole of Shas. Okay? That's something that many people don't do in their whole lifetime. This boy was uh, the best Midot, the best Torah. <clears throat> anyway, one day, he had a bad friend, introduced him to all sorts of different things. And slowly but surely, the guy completely left, left everything behind. In a matter of years, he went from being the best boy, everyone's chasing after him, he's going to be the next uh, Gadol, Ador, the great uh, rabbi of the generation, <clears throat> uh, to nothing. He leaves the house, leaves his talet and tefillin, moves out to Tel Aviv. He says, I had no idea even where he lived. Every morning I wake up, I open up the cabinet, I see his tefillin. Breaks my heart, rabbi, please. Rabbi says, no problem. Tracks a kid down. They have a meeting. After an hour or two, the rabbi comes back to this fellow and he says, listen, I think only a miracle from God is going to save your son. Is going to bring him back to the fold. He's so far away. He's lost any sense of sensitivity to religion, of sensitivity to elders, to wisdom. He thinks he knows better than everybody. You know, he thinks he's, he's angry, he's bitter. Only a miracle will save him. He asks the father, he says, do you have any other kids? He says, yeah, I have a big family, nine kids. He says, and how are they? He says, every one of them is a bigger tzaddik than the next. Some of them I even married off. I have grandkids from the old Shomer Torah Mitzvot. The rabbi says, listen, you know, I think maybe you should try and see the glass is half full, appreciate, enjoy what you have, and maybe try not to think so much about this child that's upsetting you so much. The rabbi said, he turns to the rabbi, he says, Rabbi, that's terrible advice. How could you say that to me? Do you know all day all I think about is this son? When I make Yiddush Friday night, I'm looking around, he's not here. When I see the tefillin in the house, kills me. He's not here. We're holidays, everyone's with me. In the shul, we're Shana Kippur. He's not there. All I can think about is him. You want to tell me to focus on the other kids? Rabbi, it's terrible advice. He says, it hurts me so much that one day after seeing his tefillin for the umpteenth time and not seeing him in the house, I told my wife, you know what? I'm going to track him down. They found, he said, I found the apartment in Tel Aviv where he lived and there's a bench on the street opposite his house. I brought my talet and tefillin. I camped out on the bench. I put my talet and tefillin on in the morning right outside the house. I saw the curtains open. He saw me. Then the curtains closed. That day, he didn't come out. I stayed there overnight. The second day, I didn't leave the bench. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Shabbat, I stayed there for seven days straight until finally my wife called me. She begged me, please, she said, come back. If he wants to make his decision, that's his decision. He can't destroy you. He can't destroy me. He can't destroy the whole family. Please come home. He says, but for seven days, I was homeless outside of my son's apartment. And he saw me there, but he didn't come down. He didn't come to, to welcome me, to bring me in, to bring me, make me a hot tea, to tell me he's sorry, to come back home with me. The rabbi gives this man a blessing from the bottom of his heart. And he walks away. What could he do? He tried. My friends, when the rabbi got home, he said, he thought of only one thing. This father who camps outside waiting for his son to come home is exactly the same as HaKadosh Baruch Hu. God has no choice to pick somebody else. He locked himself in. He's thrown in his lot with us. 
So when we don't come to shul, God sits outside waiting. <clears throat> Maybe he'll see me. Maybe he'll come. Maybe he'll welcome me in. Maybe he'll make me a cup of tea. Maybe even he won't come, but he'll bring me a blanket. So I'll be comfortable waiting outside for him. Borei Olam waits for every single Jew, no matter what they've done. For every single human being, no matter what they've done. And if he's standing, sitting there, outside of our apartment, if he's come, he's made the trip, he's made the journey, that means he's opening the door. It's our job to try and do something, whatever we, whatever we can, to be able to slowly bridge that gap between us. But that's what this mitzvah is sharing with us. And that's what it's telling each and every person who may feel distance, who may feel like they haven't called Hashem in a while, just to reinforce and reassure them that He's waiting eagerly for your call. Be'ezat Hashem. If we reach out, Karov Adonai L'chol Korav, L'chol Yishegru Be'emet. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to Inspire.org.